Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store, onthefinside.threadless.com. The Dolphins travel to Minnesota this week to face the Minnesota Vikings, who are 6-6-1 at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern time at U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings are currently seven-point favorites. The latest on the injury front, because it's really important for the Dolphins as we head into this game, Ryan Tannehill, at the time we're recording, his ankle was wrapped very heavily, but looked to be moving around okay in practice, according to USA Today's Antoine Staley, and should play on Sunday. So very likely, and we're going to do this show as if that is the case. At cornerback, Xavier Howard did not practice, but does stand a chance of playing this weekend. He had his uh, meniscus scoped this past week. He's very iffy for the game. Adam Gay said the lateral movement throughout the week for Howard is going to be important. And it is very important because Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are going to be in this game, arguably the best wide receiver tandem out there in the boundary. But, Paul, more importantly, just this past week, with the miracle in Miami, whatever you want to call it, it finally feels fun to be a Dolphins fan for the first time in about two months. It really does, and it's crazy going to NFL.com and, and seeing everybody talking up the Dolphins all of a sudden out of the blue, considering most of them were completely down on Miami for cutting Sue, not tendering Landry, and uh, you know, a couple like three moves this offseason, and they, they basically put Miami at the 32nd team in the league said Miami was at best a three and 13 team. I think they burned that candle out in week three. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm glad to see the Tannehill looks like he's going to go this weekend as much as I want Xavier Howard to play. You know what, if he needs a week to get better, hopefully Miami's going to be needing him here for the playoff come shortly. So super stoked. Yeah. If Brock Osweiler walks out there, I'm going to cry. I'm right there with you. And Let's take a look at the Dolphins' offense. And before we really dive into that, too, where are you on Ryan Tannehill right now? And what are your expectations for the last three games here? I've got my opinion. But I say it because if the Dolphins if, – if Tannehill does well and they keep him next year, then he's going to get somewhere, I believe – I'm not a cap guru, per se, as, as much as other people are – but $26 million – somewhere like that, and the Dolphins would be able to cut him, free up $18 million and eat $7 million of that, which would still go against the cap even if they cut Tannehill. That's my understanding. So what is your opinion on that? Do you, are you already comfortable with Tannehill being the Dolphins quarterback in 2019, or does he still have some proving to do for you? So a couple of things on that. First and foremost, the relationship between Tannehill and Gase. I mean, Tannehill came out and said Gase cares about him just as much as his mom does, which speaks pretty big volumes there as far as that goes. But as far as football goes, 
Yeah, well, you know, it's it's <laughs> who knows how much Tannehill's mom likes him. I mean, maybe she doesn't like him. Who knows? Um, but no, as far as football goes, even if Miami does what a portion of my Dolphins Twitter wants them to do and goes out and drafts a first round quarterback, Tannehill's going to be back next year. It's you know, typically most coaches want to groom their quarterback before they throw them to the wolves unless they have to. Tannehill's under contract for $26 million, which seems goofy, but it's not an astronomical quarterback number. People need to keep that in mind. He's very good. I have no issue with Tannehill being the quarterback next year, especially given the fact that, you know, he's throwing up 100-plus passer ratings with, you know, four of his top six receivers on IR or out or, in, you know, whatever, with no tight end help whatsoever. And, and you know, his offensive line's been decimated this year, and, and yet he's still doing this. So am I under any illusion that the guy's going to get a gold jacket someday? Probably not. But let's pump the brakes a little bit. We're used to Marino, and we're in an instant gratification generation anyhow. And Tannehill's been good enough. And good enough yeah. – can win it. Yeah, it's good enough. Certainly can win it. And where I'm and a great breakdown there. And that's how I think how a lot of our listeners feel too. I have always been more on the negative side of Tannehill to say the least. The, after the Bengals game, I said, I'm done with Tannehill. I I've seen enough. And then when he got hurt, my overall reaction was, I don't care all that much because I I'm pretty much done with the guy. But then when he comes back, over the last three games, I said, okay, we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe a surprise. And he has. He's had quarterback ratings of over 100 over the last three games. They're 5-3 and three with Tannehill on the year. They were 9-5 and five with him in 2016. But more importantly, two things. I think that in the last three games, you're facing three defenses in Buffalo, Jacksonville, and Minnesota. Maybe not great teams, but probably three of the best seven or eight defenses in the league. And if Tannehill can get the team into the playoffs with that and playing those defenses, then I think that means a lot, and he will certainly be back. I'm starting to feel like he'll be back anyway. It's also a so, good Kat, situation. Go ahead. Well, one more point I just want to make here, too, is you look at his last 16 games, I believe he's 12-4 and four in that space. Yes. So it, it's, you know, if, if 12-4 and four from the quarterback position, which I know it's not all quarterback play, but at the same time, the man's 12 and four. And, and for those of you that want to go wins and losses, 12 and four would be a pretty goddamn good season. And that would take the division away from the Patriots if that was across one single season. So if we can get a healthy season out of Tannehill and he can do anything close to that, anybody that wants him gone can piss off. What I liked about Tannehill in the last game, I thought he was extremely efficient and he was well protected for most of the game, even though he had four sacked four times on those other throws he was very well protected and he can put the ball still in places that other human beings cannot at the quarterback spot so a better strategy this offseason could be really really make sure the offensive line is an a-plus unit block up those plays you're going to protect Tannehill, and you're going to get speed out of the Jakeem Grants and the Albert Wilsons and the Kenyon Drakes, and that's where your big plays are going to come from. The Dolphins are more successful when they have that offensive line in front of them. So that's one thing I'm going to be looking at in the, for this offseason. I've gotten way off topic here. Let's bring it back to the Vikings 
game. This is a solid defense. It's not as great as it was last year, but their pass defense has allowed 15 touchdowns and just 12 interceptions. And against the run, opposing running backs, allowing 3.58 yards of carry to them. So they can stop the pass and they can stop the run pretty well. So Tannehill and the offense is going to be um, – they're going to face a big challenge here against Minnesota. Paul, what matchups are you looking at on offense and what the Dolphins need to do well? I mean, I'm looking at Kenny Stills. Can he continue what he started back up again the past couple of weeks? I know there were a couple of mental errors late, but if Kenny Stills can continue that, I'll be intrigued about that. Laramie Tunsil is going to have his hands full going up against a guy with 12 and a half sacks, as our previous guest, Eric, pointed out from the Daily Norseman. Um, but really, the offensive line is going to be super critical here, too. It's can Jesse Davis and can Ted Larson keep themselves off the Coke bus again this week? Because that, that's going to be a critical one for me. And then the weird thing with Miami's running backs is they do well against stout run defenses, and they do poorly against poor run defenses. It, it's It's almost like what we've said in past years about the Dolphins, where – they're up to the level of their competition in a way. So it could be intriguing. I'd like to see Drake get more touches no matter who he's up against or where they have to line him up to do so. Yeah, that's a great point because the Dolphins couldn't run the ball earlier in the season against the Bengals and the Patriots and the Raiders in that three-game stretch. And then they've been able to run the ball the rest of the time, even though they've faced pretty much a good run defense week in and week out. We saw what they did against Chicago. We saw what they did – against Buffalo and you know they they ran the ball pretty well against them too Indianapolis as well so yeah very good point there offensively I think this is a game Dan Danny Amendola needs to come back you know he's been really silent the last few weeks he's been playing with an injury as well but he should be a little bit more healthy this week and on the outside the Vikings have a Pro Bowl cornerback and Xavier Rhodes They've also got two pretty good boundary corners that match up well with Devontae Parker, and that's Holton Hill and Trey Waynes coming back. But in the slot, I think Danny Amendola could make, can make some noise out there. And if he can do that, you can bet Kenyon Drake is looking to as well. Also, Paul, one other thing, at the running back spot, the Dolphins really were able to successfully interweave the running backs into the offense, even putting two running backs on the field at the same time. Completely, and and it'll be interesting to see if Miami tries to do that Wildcat garbage again, and I only call it Wildcat garbage because they didn't line up the right personnel um, in the most critical moment with it, so until they start doing that, I'm going to have an issue with it. I mean, I'd love to see Kalen Balazs pull up and throw one if they're going to line up the same personnel because everybody's going to sell out thinking Kalen's keeping it. So that could be intriguing as well, um, and, you know, you, you want to look at Brandon Bolden. I mean, what was it, two carries, two touchdowns to, to, for his first two last yeah. week? So, I mean, he showed that he can come in and throw some wrinkles out there, too, from the running back position. So, if you're having trouble getting Gore and getting Drake going, maybe bringing Bolden in, putting him in motion into the backfield like we saw them do with Wilson and Grant earlier this year would be very successful for them out of that. So, a couple of interesting things they could do in that, from that position. Dolphins running backs on the season, 4.85 yards a carry. That's pretty incredible, having almost five yards a carry from that group. On the defensive side of the ball, 
Paul, you know, I think the big story is that the Vikings offense in the last nine quarters has scored 17 points. They are really struggling offensively. If you go on Vikings Twitter, Twitter, it's a 24-hour food fight about who to blame. My theory overall in the Vikings offense is this, and Eric Thompson from the Norsemen touched on this. This is an offense offensive line that is a complete wreck. Riley Reef is okay at left tackle. He'll go up against Robert Quinn. The rest of the unit is decimated. So the, the Dolphins should be able to pressure the quarterback, and when they do, Kirk Cousins does not have the time or the arm to get the ball downfield and over the Dolphins' defender. So Cousins is a quarterback that completes a, a high percentage of his passes, but they are kind of a, you know, they're 10 yards, 15 yards here. The Dolphins really need to focus on rushing the passer and creating some big plays. And if they do that and they win the turnover battle, I think they have a good chance to win this game. Yeah, and I think you touched on exactly what I'm looking for here from the Dolphins defense. If Cam Wake and Robert Quinn in particular are able to start batting Kirk Cousins around in the backfield like a cat with a ball of yarn, that's when you're going to see some special things happen in the secondary and even from this linebacking core because Miami's intercepted a ridiculous amount of passes this season. And if Xavier Howard's out there, it might look even uglier for Vikings fans. But this is an offense that's going to be refinding their way under a new offensive coordinator after firing their, their, their OC after last game. So there's a little bit of the unexpected, but also it could lead to some miscommunications. Miscommunications lead to turnovers as well as pressure leads to turnovers. So there's a really good chance for Miami to do something special in this game. The big matchup on the outside, if Xavier Howard does not play, and at the time we're recording the show, it's not looking very promising right now. That means Minka and Bobby McCann are going to be out there on the boundary going up against two Pro Bowl caliber receivers. Adam Thielen on the year, 103 catches, 1,256 yards, nine touchdowns. Stefan Diggs, 88 catches, 968 yards, uh, six touchdowns. So, man, they've got their work cut out for them. But the good news is these, these are more possession types of guys. I'm not saying they can't get deep, but as long as you can limit them and get some turnovers on the defensive side of the ball, then, that, then you're really doing your job. That's what the Patriots were able to do two weeks ago. It's what the Seahawks were able to do as well on Monday night. Paul, any other insights, any other feelings heading into this game, especially on defense? Um, actually, there's one other critical element, and it's not on offense or defense. It's on special teams. I really hope Darren Rizzi has gotten figured out what the issue was as far as the punting unit last week because Matt Hawk has been a critical element in pinning teams deep. I know you've probably gotten sick of hearing me say with their ass in the end zone, but again, that, that's what he's been doing all year. And last week, the Pats found a chink in the armor to the point that Rizzi wasn't able to correct it per se and had Miami playing rugby out there for punt, for the punting unit. So hopefully that chink in the armor has been closed and Miami's able to move forward and punt as per usual because that could be a critical element in this game. It would have broken my heart last week if – John Denny was the reason the Dolphins lost that game. Because if they had lost 33-28, to 28, you can bet throughout the week I would have been looking and we would have been looking at those two block punts that changed the momentum of that game. So, Paul, what is your prediction here for the Vikings-Dolphins matchup? 
I think the Vikings have too much to figure out on offense. I think a healthy or a semi-healthy Tannehill is able to get things done. I think Drake and Gore, like like we said earlier, they do well against good run defenses for some reason. All those things factoring in, I think Miami wins it and wins it well, 27 to 14. Typically, this is the point that I predict the Dolphins to win to lose pretty handily because they are seven-point underdogs in this. I have a good feeling about this game, and I think the momentum is going to carry them into it because I think they feel like they've got a second energy now after that last game. And a big thing is that I feel that the Dolphins are going to be able to pressure Kirk Cousins throughout the game. I think he's going to be pinching a lot, so he's he's going to be dumping the ball off a lot. I think that, that fits well into what the Dolphins do well on defensively. I think they're going to cause some turnovers. On the offensive side of the ball, If this is where Laramie Tunzel officially cements himself as a Pro Bowl player, if he can go one-on-one against Danielle Hunter and hold him at bay. Because if they do, the Vikings aren't quite used to not having all that pressure on the quarterback. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins 23-20, to last-second field goal by Jason Sanders. That will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins-Vikings matchup this weekend. Major, major game here as the AFC wildcard and the NFC wildcard continues to unfold. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. And if it's not on the right side, and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.